Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Insider, brought to you, just for a change, by Vanishing Inc. Now we've got a very special episode of the show today, because we've got not one guest, not two guests, no. We have got five guests, all of whom were responsible for working with Joshua J to make him look good in his off-Broadway smash hit, multiply extended show, Six Impossible Things, which was released last Friday on vanishinginkmagic.com. I would like to introduce you to Jason. Say hi, Jason. Hi. Uh, my name Kevin. is Jason. Oh. No, 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 no. Just yeah. say hi. I didn't say, <laughs> say anything else. <laughs> All right, should we take it? Should we take it back? No, this is staying in, All Jason. Right, and everybody's going to learn from your mistakes. We've got Jason. We've got hi. Kevin. We've got Hello. Matt. We've got Joshua. Hi. And we've got Cassandra. <laughs> That was so smooth. Look, I'm sorry. I've never done a podcast with six people. I don't know how this is going to go, but it's going to be interesting. Um, I would like everybody to talk about what they did on the show and how Joshua recruited you. Jason, why don't we start with you? Perfect. Uh, so I was the technical director uh, on the show, I ran the lights and the sound, and I kind of came into the show through an Instagram post that Josh posted. Um, he was hiring, and I had sent him an email, and within minutes, he said, you're hired. Um, and I think that's because of my past at Magi Fest as a, a youth, a youth, in the, uh, in the youth program, and uh, yeah, and the rest is history. Kevin. Uh, well, I got involved because so I'm good friends with Eli Bosnick, who helped write the show, and uh, Josh needed someone to uh, move things around backstage, do some secret help and tricks works kind of things. As, as some had said, oh, you were 53rd assistanting um, to steal from Ricky J, but uh, uh, you know, uh, top secret things of making tricks work and also checking people in as they arrived and lots of different things. Um, and I was kind of fortunate in that Josh needed someone to help run things at the show. And the show started the week that I graduated college. So the timing was great. And, uh, you know, I graduated with the job. So everyone's happy. Now that that on its own is surely slightly unusual. So congratulations, Kevin. <laughs> Especially for a music major, I know. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Matt Zat. All right, so I think we gave me the title at the end of uh, of production manager, which was just a fancy word for saying that I filled in on any role that needed to get done. So either hosting or being the stage manager, doing the tech stuff, basically knew all of the show front and back, every role so I could fill in or you know train. We had uh, there's some unsung heroes who are not here, but we had some people who had to come in and learn the show and, and fill in for a weekend, and I helped with that as well. And how I got involved with the show is if you saw the show, you would know. That Josh hung out afterwards, and I hung out when I saw the show. I'd never met Josh in my life, and I asked him, I said, I just moved to New York City. I'm trying to get more gigs. It's super competitive here. He put me in touch with some people, and then I also saw the post, and I was working full-time at the time at a marketing job, and I slid into Josh's DMs, and he said, are you sure? He's like, this is going to be a lot of work with your job, and I said I was sure. I knew it was going to be awful, but I wanted to do it that bad, so uh, I did that, and that with the rest is history and was working you know the full-time job and then the weekends at six impossible things 
And then we ended up poaching you and now you work for Vanishing Inc. That is true. As does Jason. So yeah. Kevin, Kevin, when are you going to start working for Vanishing Inc.? Uh, I am very happy at my job at Tannins. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Cassandra, how did you get involved? So I heard pretty much through the magician grapevine that somebody was, uh, that Josh was looking for someone to come in and work on the show. And at that point, I didn't know if this was going to be the right fit for me. And so I had spoken to some friends and said, I don't know, what do you think? Would this be a good thing to reach out about? And they said, yeah, go for it. So I reached out to Josh and he said, actually, I think you'd be perfect for the role of the host um, because you'd basically be the face that they see when they walk in and you would guide them through the experience. And so I said, sure, why not? And I came in and it just was a perfect fit. And I was so grateful to end up being part of the team. How wonderful. Jason, what was your favorite part of the show? Be that a specific trick or a specific experiential, is that a word? I think so. Experiential moment that people had that you're looking forward to people seeing when they watch the, sure. the, the download that's available. While again, there were there were so many moments that they won't be they won't get to see that we had you know, but my favorite moment because I would watch the show every night. The, the one thing people don't really know is that there were infrared cameras all over the space, so I got to kind of peep in and, and see everyone during the show, which meant I had to watch the show. So my favorite thing was the dark routine. Uh, right Could you explain that yeah, for people absolutely. that haven't seen it yet? Yeah, so um, on the video, I think it's a little different in the order, but this opened the show. So when people would come in, they would come into this little kitchen. Um, they would sit in a circle in chairs. And after um, Cassandra uh, greeted them and, and uh, told them to turn their phones off, she said, good night. The lights went dark, totally dark, and they start hearing all these voices. And suddenly they hear one voice, a golden voice, Josh's voice, in the middle of the room, giving his opening monologue. How did that go? On. How did that go, Jason, the opening monologue? About two years ago, I was doing a show, <laughs> and right in the middle of it, I could do the whole thing. But uh, <laughs> someone said, when we're done with this trick, can you do a trick for her? And I thought, wow. Or they said, this person's blind. And I thought, Wow. And, and that's it. But then he would send You're the lights. You're literally I, no, I am butchering. <laughs> I got the Owen Wilson moment when you go, wow. Wow. But anyway, my favorite moment in that was um, in the dark. When the lights come on the first time, people are in shock because he's in the middle of the room. Uh, they don't expect it. And uh, that was really cool. But for me, on my side, I got to just watch Josh walk in from his secret spot. Sometimes he would wave at me. Sometimes he would, you know, hold up a peace sign or one finger, but, uh, you or know. Or things we can't even put on yeah. the podcast. <laughs> and I get to see all that. But, but I got to watch everyone's reaction uh, to the start of the show, which is really cool. Yeah. And let me add that that is how it went on ideal nights. And it was very special <laughs> when it worked like that. But much of the time, people would take out their phones. And when you take your phone out, the whole room, like just a little bit of phone from the screen is illuminated by that thing. And then you see me clumsily tiptoe out of a secret door and walk to the middle and it just ruins the mood. Uh, when that happened, I would be in a bad mood for the whole show because 
you know, they've sabotaged a really special moment. They've taken it away from 20 people because now you're just walking out in, in low light. Did you think about a way to solve that, like confiscating people's phones before they went in? Did you Talk uh, to Cassie. Did... She was the host. She told Cassie. people not to use their phones. As it went in, as, as the show went on, rather, I found more and more ways to be specific about the wording of what I said, where ah. in a very gentle way, I was saying, if you take your phone out, I will kill you. And yep. so <laughs> I really grilled them, too, before I left the room and was like staring at everybody before the lights went out of, don't take your phone out. And I think as time went on, they d just didn't because they were scared of me. So, <laughs> Kevin, what was what was the? Obviously, there were several tricks that came in and went out of the show. What was one that you were <laughs> disappointed or annoyed or you wished had worked in a different way? Is there one routine that you were a bit gutted that didn't carry on? Yeah, I don't know why everyone else here looks like they're laughing, like <laughs> like I'm going to make some joke or something. But uh, the one that I liked that I guess was out by the end was uh, this borrowed ring and light bulb. And the reason it didn't work was because it was a story trick in between two other story tricks. Uh, and uh, But it just had this nice uh, presentation based on something... Jared Koff wrote in one of Helder's uh, quarterlies, and it was a vanish of a light of a of a borrowed ring and a shadow. So he turns on the flashlight on it was I think it was on a borrowed phone, puts it in his pocket. You see the shadow of the ring against the wall, and he wipes it with his finger, and it's vanishing. Like as he traces it with his finger, it vanishes, and then it's inside the one light bulb in the room. And when we were, before the show opened, when there were maybe five or six shows for family and friends and test audiences, and, you know, we handed out surveys for, you know, before the paying audiences about what worked, what didn't, did you figure anything out, what were your favorite things? And that was one of the things that was consistently either everyone's favorite or everyone's least favorite part of the show. And, oh. you know, it, like, at... At a certain point, you know, you can't argue with the fact that taking it out made the flow of the show better and the rhythm of it and the, you know, the general concept uh, better, you know, addition by subtraction. And, you know, even though it was my favorite single piece, you, you got to think critically and uh, uh, not be too attached and say maybe there's a place for this in a show in the future but you know not necessarily here yeah jason what was what was whether it stayed in or didn't what was your highlight trick yeah. for you um i think it's it's tricky but i really loved um the i'll, I'll give you brief but the the trick that didn't stay in was this thing that we did with a monkey uh and drawings in the dark routine uh, that was really cool, the concept of it. But the trick that stayed in was um, the credit card in the block of ice. I loved watching that come together. I loved, you know, when Josh came in and told us that he had this idea. And we all kind of sat for numerous hours uh, and worked on this thing, lighting it, putting the music in, 
stage it, blocking it. Um, to see that come together and to watch that every night was very cool. Um, no pun intended, but it was uh, <laughs> it was a really really special routine, and I think it was it was super impossible to to watch from a layman's uh, perspective. Absolutely, Matt Zat, what's your favorite story or funny moment or cool thing that happened during the <laughs> multiply extended run of this show on Canal Street? I won't throw under the bus whose fault it was. And my favorite moment Jason. Is... Now, <laughs> I said I won't throw under the bus. It wasn't Jason. My unequivocal favorite moment was there's, you know, the big moment at the end of the show where it's the end of a chop cup routine that goes from a, a solid to a liquid load and it's this big moment spotlight pour hot chocolate you'll see there's three lines whatever but it is like the end of the show it is that is it you stand up lights you know lights spotlight do it happened for uh, 230 something shows this was right towards the end of the run and the worst part is right before that routine happens there's this whole 18 minutes of close-up magic and once that door is closed there is nothing we can do. Absolutely nothing. We can't go in. We can't solve this problem. And we noticed genuinely the second the door closed that that we had forgotten to put the liquid load in there. And Ooh. Josh went through the whole thing, the whole routine. He does Hitchcock. He does the Charming Chinese Challenge. He sits down. You know, he does the, the chop cup routine. And he went went to look for the liquid load. It wasn't there. You get, and I was in the tech room watching with Jason because I knew this was going to happen. It was like watching a train wreck. Goes for the liquid load. It's not there. Three second pause. You can see the, the wheel spinning, the wheel spinning. Well, that's your show. And then bolt out full speed. And then it's supposed to be this big moment where the spotlight's on and then it kicks off and Coldplay kicks on. But it was just this awkward in the light, him running out. And then Jason was like, click, click, Coldplay hits. And everyone's just like... Because there, there was, there was that no like applause moment. It's just like, got your show. See you later. And it was, it's a painful one. But that was probably the, out of all like the things like a lot of people don't realize, that a lot of things would go wrong, but we could solve most of them. Like little things would happen all the time. We'd be like setting up one room and we'd be finishing just at the last second, or we'd screw up this or that. That was the one that we just could not stop. And it was, it was tough to watch because it's a, it's, it was like 18 minutes. It was like the world's slowest car wreck happening, and there was just. <laughs> Nothing we could do. Cassie, that was is, is, there, is there an outstanding memory for you from the run of the show? I mean, there's a lot of outstanding memories for me. Uh, but I think one was when Josh had thrown his back out um, and had to perform the show just <laughs> in incredible pain. And so he's trying to hold it together. And then in between shows, Jason's like, I'm going to help you. And is like climbing on top of him and like putting his elbow in Josh's back. We have video proof of this. It was on Instagram. <laughs> but it's like we all had to pull together to make sure that Josh could like get through it. And he did. And he did. And nobody knew that he was in excruciating pain, which was horrifying and amazing all at the same time. I would like to say I didn't volunteer to, uh, part of the job. So you didn't part part of the job. Of yeah, it was, it was, it was Jason, in the contract. Jason, I rotated Jason, all Jason. you guys. You all had to do it. Yeah. There's no judgment. There's we no judgment, Jason. This is a safe space. It's fine. We Can I tell you my favorite memory, hands down, Please do. was, I don't know why this eventually stopped, probably because there was a lawsuit brewing, um, but it was trapping Kevin 
in the big white room and having a dance party. We, when everybody would leave, we would just put on funky music and we would dance. And <laughs> Kevin was was always in charge of resetting that room before everybody left, like with all the hundred socks and stuff. And so we would trap him in there and make him dance, and he would always try and escape. And it was more awkward and devious every night, and we always trapped him. Why did that ever stop, anyway? I don't know, because I made it not fun. <laughs> um, we continue like, the dance I feel like it would be now. fun if the... It would be fun if the story was we would trap him, and then he finally danced, but it was just... Right. I'll tell you, nothing every day. I'll tell you another fun thing I look back on, even though I think we were all a bit annoyed when it was first happening. Eli, who helped design the show, um, but didn't work the show very often, he filled in a couple of times, like on zero notice if somebody got sick or something. But Eli would just come by and leave food in the space, you know? He would come by and eat a sandwich just between things to say hello. And it was always this mysterious um, guy who would come and leave a stinky vegan sandwich hidden in the space somewhere. <laughs> that was one thing. My my appreciation for vegan food grew throughout the run as yeah. we uh, chow down. But we single-handedly kept that little market across the street in, in business, business by buying <laughs> Cool Ranch Doritos, Reese's, and Oreos every night. Can I add one thing, though, on the back thing that I think we all forget? It's a subtle moment, but... So Josh threw out his back. We had to cancel, I think, a couple, I think like two weeks of shows, which doesn't sound like a lot, but you figure there's eight, what, eight shows a week or nine shows. That's a lot of shows you have to make up. And we just, there was no time in the space, whatever, to, to put nine separate shows. So for a little while, we had to add a few people to each show. So we this the show wasn't just stopped at 20 people. It was just about the fact that 20 people could fit in the room, but we had to fit 23, 24 people in the room. And it was tight. We got it. But what we didn't realize is that the little closet that Josh would have to come out of <laughs> used to have this nice open lane to walk. No one take that out of context, guys. No one cut in, that <laughs> I can see the jerks oh. already uh, posting the gif. <laughs> That's going to be a little gif, yeah. But as, anyway, as you come out, but, he would, yeah, so he used to have that nice dark, or that nice clear lane to walk out but you know we were tight up against that little that little thing so for the first couple of weeks coming out you could just hear people going ow who's touching me what's what's happening is so he was barreling through people to get into the middle of the room he's hitting knees clacking at people and the best part is it doesn't seem like much unless you're in the tech room and you could see it happening in full in full night vision and just kind of stepping over all the knees and it was a subtle thing that just it was humorous for us maybe not so much for josh but it was, it was the little things that got you through two last, shows a night for last thing i'll say on that on the on the, the watching the on the night vision is that during the dark routine all the lights had to be off so i would uh cassie would be sitting in the the main room in a chair and she'd go good night and then she'd like hustle over to this little chair because i would cut all the lights and everyone would just kind of sit where they were for for until you know the end of that routine when i could turn them back on and it was just so funny to watch everyone just frozen just in, in pitch black. Yeah. Now, he also, also used to like to laugh at me going to my seat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you would walk to the chair. Sometimes I'd hit it before you made it to the chair and you would walk to right after that. All the way there. Now, I've got a question that we may end up cutting from this. But if people have not seen the marketing for Six Impossible Things, the release that just dropped on Friday, there's a 
two ways that you can enjoy the performance. One is to buy just the stream of the show, and that's great. And you will see what a Netflix, if, if Netflix shot a magic show, that's what you get. The production values are astonishing. But if you buy the box set, you will also get three and a half hours of explanations. You will learn how the tricks were done. Okay. I have never done a show where I have helpers making me look good without going into specifics. Josh, as a performer that is being made to look good by the work of others, does that feel a bit dirty? It's a genuine question. I've, I've never done something where I've got someone helping me look good. Does it feel dirty compared to doing Hitchcock or, or something that, you know, one yeah. of your set, cylinder and coins, one of your pieces where it's you doing the work? Does it feel a bit cheaty? I'm genuinely interested. Um, I don't know, but I like the way you say the word dirty. Dirty. <laughs> um, does it feel... No, uh, quite the opposite, because I, I'm like you. I mean, I never did anything like that before this show. I mean, a couple TV things where there's some, you know, extra assistance. But, like, I feel the same way you do about it all. <clears throat> I just felt empowered. Because right. it wasn't... I will say, it, you know... There was a moment very early on when I was pretty convinced we were going to pay somebody to attend the show and then they would be able to do... Because think of it, if you've got, if you've got a, a shill in the show, you can do some really amazing things. For that sure. very clearly, very early on, felt dirty to all of us. That all was the material, That was the line. Yeah, all, all the material is really happening. I mean, you know, the credit card is legitimately borrowed. I mean, the show is a real oh, sure. show. But I'm not being disparaging, but there are but elements no, I know where asking, you couldn't because, have done it without a little... Right. No, I know exactly what you're asking. And no, I, I felt like from the very beginning, I think all of us were aligned in that we were trying to deliver an immersive magic experience. We weren't trying to do a show. We weren't trying to do something where I look good. We were trying to give people an experience and we all played a role in that experience. Fair enough, fair enough. It was just a genuine question. I'll jump in. I'll jump in to add one thing for you. Just to, I think one of the reasons the show was so strong is that early on, you know, Josh realized, you know, it, this, you know, the five heads, six heads are better than one. I mean, if Josh came in and said, I'm going to just do this and you stand in your places and do it, it probably wouldn't have been as good. The murder routine is, is a perfect example. We got there before the run started. Uh -huh. uh, the whole idea was in place, but we had to figure out how was it going to fit in the space. And the way it was originally sketched out, you know, didn't work. So we had to rework everything to fit in that exact space. And that's just something you can't do on your own. You need the collaboration of a team. And I think that's what people who get the deluxe set who get the explanations will see is that it's not cheating per se, like using a stooge. It's more the fact of having a collaborative team work together uh, will, will help make these amazing moments happen. Even the ones that, you know, Josh was doing himself in the other room. Look, to, to be clear, I wasn't suggesting it was yeah, cheating. Yeah. We Obviously, what we all do is cheat. Whether you see my one-handed top palm or whether you see my helper load the thing into the WhatsApp, it's it's all cheating. Uh, it was just, you know, just to be clear. Kevin, what was your biggest challenge in the show? Ooh. Um, that'll make me think for a second. 
Okay, I'll just we'll say come back two, to that. Two things that I wanted to jump in previously about. Sure. Cut it, move it, whatever. Um, about, you know, assistants doing work. Just Ooh. last week, I was talking to some friends who work on Aussie's show and was like, oh, so what's what's kind of, what are you doing during the show? And they're like, we got a backgammon set. We sit in the back and we just play games during the show. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, that was not my experience at all working for Josh. Um, uh, That's but, so funny because uh, when I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, these guys are going to get the best experience. They're going to learn so much. And then they're playing backgammon. But it's still a great oh, show. Learn a lot well, of their backgammon. Oh, of course. <laughs> Aussie's a killer backgammon player, too. So, <laughs> um, and then They were saying when he sends someone out into the street to get a number, their job is to make sure this person doesn't get killed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Josh really gave us a gift, too. He gave us the gift of being collaborators. He gave us the gift of uh, entrusting us with making help make the magic happen and and be a part of the show and so i think it was something that made us such a close connected team and such something that works so well because we were consistently working toward making magic happen and having that immersive experience that josh discussed so it was just I can't even explain how fully different an experience it is from anything I've ever done or I think that I might do in the in the future. It was special for all of us, I think. Yeah, I think I think that um that that is a was really important to me as well. I mean, one thing that was clear, abundantly clear is nobody made a ton of money off of that show because it just was expensive to run and it was limited in scope and it was only 20 people. And so what I said to every single person who came on the team was, look, I can't pay you what you're worth. I can't give you, you know, a competitive rate. But what I can give you is experience in genuinely putting it together. And as Cassie said, like, they were collaborators. They were not people that were just running tech or filling things up. I mean, every one of them added measurably to the show. And I mean, maybe it's wishful thinking, but I feel like, since every single person on our team has gone on to do pretty interesting and great things in magic that certainly those skills may have come into play in in later stuff so so they owe you is that what you're saying josh i owe them i think (laughs) let's go round the horn and say the trick that or the piece in the show as it ended up on video that you're most looking forward to people seeing? Jason, let's start with you. Oh, it's credit card and ice. You've done that one. Yeah, well, the, the other one was uh, the socks routine. I like Kevin. Um, probably the credit card and the ice. Okay, we're getting, this is a theme. Cassie, what do you, what's the piece in the show that you're most looking forward to people seeing? I think fate. Um, And the reason for that was because when I first joined the team, I joined a little later on in the run. I wasn't, you know, initially there at the inception of the show. And so as I was being walked through and learning my role, Josh said, hey, Cassie, why don't you just come here and sit next to me and I'll run fate with you. And that's what he would do every night is he would choose someone and they would sit on the floor and there would be, you know, the beam spotlights on it, which were always so beautiful to me. And he would tell this beautiful story. And I don't want to give away what the story is or exactly what happens, but it's an incredible card trick with 
gorgeous storytelling as Josh is very, um, very skilled at doing. And it just was this very special, intimate moment. And I thought to myself, wow, I can't imagine what people are going to feel as they see this on the outside. And then every night we got to experience people seeing it. And I would hear people walking out and they would even look at me sometimes because I'd stand there and I'd guide them to the next spot and they'd be like, wow, like that was just so beautiful. And it was this heartfelt touching moment. And so I can't wait for people to see that. Not that. Yeah, so I'm going to change my mind. Would have been credit card nice. And just one reason of that is that anyone who buys the explanation will realize that that routine was like poetry in motion. There was so much. It doesn't seem like there is, but there's so much going on for each moment that down to the blocking and the lighting and the, where the props are placed. Like it's so important, every aspect of that. So that was my favorite overall routine. But I think seeing murder go on camera because that was the youngest routine in the show but probably my favorite by far just because of of how everything came together it was such a unique take on that style of mm -hmm. routine like we said before brought everyone but it's just it's just a, such a great overall trick that it's just like the perfect amalgamation of how much the show evolved from where it was at the finger chopper at that moment it fooled the bejesus out of me uh, joshua what's what's the moment well i'll i'll play devil's advocate and, and pick I'll, I'll say a tie between two routines that weren't mentioned although had nobody said it i would have said credit card and ice just because what's special about that routine is i doubt i'll ever do it again because it was so audience or situation specific so you know i look back I, you know i watched it for the first time the other day back in the footage and i was like wow that that really was cool to do that trick but the two things one is a little bit overplayed now because I've done it on television and I it's now become part of my parlor shows. So it's the thing people see the most. But I think it's, at least for me, important not to forget that the t-shirt trick mm. only occurred through the process of this show and the people that are on this podcast. Like that routine started in a very basic place and layer after layer after layer was added. And I now use that routine you know, in huge theaters. And I'm really pleased with, you know, how it's come along and that came out of there. And then the other one that I would mention is Alice. Because although that maybe to a magician, you can just look at it and go, smoke device, preset, uh, force of a, a page in a book. I'll tell you what, the, the staging of that was my favorite with these two spotlights across the room. And when the smoke is coming out of the book and you're lighting it across, it just creates a scenario that was the closest thing for me in that show to real magic. Like, I could forget about what I was doing. And I'm sitting across the room asking them to think of their page. And I light a lighter and I go like this under a spotlight. And, and you know, that people were at, like, peak engagement in that moment. Like, you could just see 20 people just like a tennis match going back and forth. And then across the room, somebody with their eyes closed holding a book and the book catches fire. Like that was a cool moment. And I like I like the the look and the symmetry of that moment. I think there's a there's a lesson there in in as far as when, when we know what a method is and if there are established methods that ain't gonna fool any magician out there, you can still make something so theatrical and so beautiful. And it's difficult sometimes as a magician to take that step back and look at it as a piece for a, for, for a layperson. Mm. 
We are very nearly out of time and I am going to try something that absolutely might not work. Um, this is a, a, a regular podcast that we do. I'm not sure whether you all listen to it or not. You don't need to be polite, but we listen. We end the show with four quick fire questions and we're going to go round the horn. It's going to go in this order, Jason, because it's the order on my screen. Jason, Kevin, Cassandra, Josh, Matt. I will cue you. First of all, your favourite pizza topping, Jason. Plain, controversial. What does plain mean? Just no, no. Topping. Margarita, cheese yeah. and tomato. Yeah, margarita. You know the rules. Okay, cheese and tomato, <laughs> tomato. Kevin, favourite pizza topping. Black olives. Cassie. Spinach and tomato. Joshua. Banana peppers. What? Banana peppers. What's a banana pepper? It's the pepper? obvious choice. It's banana What's peppers. What's a banana pepper? Wait, I don't know. So you let Kevin get away with black olives, but you question banana pepper? No, no, no. no. I, 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 sorry. No, just to be clear, this is, this is meant to be quickfire questions. I know what black olives are. I've got no idea what a banana pepper is. Well, I don't know how to help you. What's a, a bell pepper? <laughs> no, I like a yellow like, okay. pepper. Spicy. Right? Yeah, it's it's yellow. Yeah, kind it's like vinegary? it's like pickled, like sweet and spicy, vinegary. Yeah. Okay, but uh, pardon my <clears throat> British ignorance. Matt Zapp, favorite pizza topping? Buffalo chicken. Ooh. Okay, no judgment. Uh, Jason, favorite movie? Oh God, um, probably it would be I don't know. Power Rangers. <laughs> oh, too soon. Yeah, he, sure. Yeah, the, the cabaret. That's, that's a good movie. Okay, Kevin. All favorite three of the Star Wars prequels. Oh, all right. I'll, I'll, uh, you, you're bending the rules slightly, but I'll give it to you. Cassie. Well, Revenge movie. of the Sith. Okay, Cassie. Singing in the Rain. Matt Zat. Hot Rod. Is that an starring adult movie? Nope, it's starring Andy Samberg, and it's okay, like it's an SNL movie. skit made into 90 minutes. Okay, Joshua J, favorite movie? Catch me if you can. Uh, favorite person or people who make music? Jason. Uh, David Byrne. Kevin. Maria Schneider. I'm unaware of her work. Cassie. Uh, Rosalia. Joshua. Radiohead. Matt. Blink-182. I didn't even giggle. And um, <laughs> uh, Joshua has to abstain himself. But, uh, recurse. Joshua Recuse. can't answer this question. Recuse, thank you. Um, uh, Jason, who would you rather fight? A hundred tiny Joshuas or one massive Andy? If the hundred tiny Joshuas pulled their backs out, then that would be the answer, but uh, probably a giant Andy. Okay, Kevin, hundred tiny Joshuas, one massive Andy. Hundred tiny Joshes. Cassie. A massive Andy, clearly. Matt. All you'd have to do is open up a museum to distract the 100 tiny Joshuas, and it's an easy win. 100 tiny Joshuas. I love the fact that you've <laughs> thought that through. Yes. Jason, Kevin, Cassie, Matt, Josh, thank you so much for giving us your time to talk about this incredible, immersive, magic experience, which is now available to buy... But do you know what? It might have sold out by the Monday this comes out, but maybe available to buy as a limited edition, first edition box set, or you can stream the video right now on Vanishing Ink Magic 
www.thecrossfitpodcast.com. Thank you all so much for your time in celebrating. What an amazing achievement, Josh, and you all took part in with Six Impossible Things.